Does it? He kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Kia and good on Owen to Let's Talk Sports, Studio 4, Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Tonight, Anton Agassi joins me, Danny Hutchins, it's show one number 158, but it is the very first show of 2024. Happy New Year, guys. How was the... Uh, how was the slide? What do they say, Danny? Good a good a roof. How was how was what's well, the roof? I think it uh, translates to the slide, doesn't it? Yeah, you slide, you slip into the new year, basically. And really? did you slip in, fall in? I slipped in around five thirty. That's uh, a good shift. I had a good night. I had a good night. Yeah. Yeah. Good shift. What about yourself? Um, I think I got home. I got to my friend's who lives around the corner from me at around five thirty. I want to say, and then. Uh, got back to mine around six, made food, got to bed around seven. Um, but yeah, it was a so ev- eventful night. It's never straightforward with Anton. What time did you get the bus to go? Out? Oh, that's the thing. I so one of my friends. <laughs> I told you it was never. One, gonna, one never of my th- friends, um, great uh, guy Liam. He he uh, doesn't really drink, so he actually drove a few of the people into town, left his car somewhere in town, and then drove me and about four others from. Um, the club we were at at about 3 or 4am yeah it was 4am because it was my last bus had already gone so it was a good thing you drove me home because otherwise I'd have been I'd have been stuck in town until 6, 7am when the first bus went was, was going back and and Danny were you out out or were you just uh, were you uh... Sensible Simons I mean we saw each other the next day uh, played some squash had some oysters out, oysters and a and a, and a, and a panache daisies. wasn't it for yeah, us as daisies we were yeah so. yeah lovely that's how you do it it all happens at Top Squash yeah. I can tell you uh, tell you my friend and uh, what about Papa Noel he was good to you Anton did he fill your stock uh, it was the usual socks, pants, aftershave. So I'm I'm happy. Was there any uh, Was there any blinding t-shirts? My mum went to Hawaii and bought me back this um, t-shirt. No, there wasn't actually. I was quite gutted to be fair. Um, I got a set of um, cocktail glasses because I think a couple of Christmases ago I got my mum the cocktail shaker set and everything, and so I make her cocktails from now and again. And now she's got some. She bought me the glasses so I can. Make some more cocktails for her and some nice proper glasses. So, Lovely. actually, what she didn't, my um, my brother's missus uh, got me the glasses. Yeah. But, what about Papa Noel for you? Was he was he a, a sport this year or last year rather? Oh, he was a good boy. He was a good boy. Uh, did Secret Santa at the in laws. Uh, did yeah. well there. I think I won won that Secret Santa that year. And uh, yeah, at home got the usual socks and underwear. Yeah. Is there a celebration when you win Secret Santa? Is he like is it like a you know, like a toothfist um no, shake of the belly or in the air it's or more of a nod around and people know. <laughs> people, people know. People know yeah. that you won. They give you the little nod. They give you the nod. Well done. Last year I was in New Zealand and we did a Secret Santa. And so the rules in New Zealand are like, like Paul, you know, Paul, there's different rules in different yeah. places. So the rule was, which I wasn't accustomed to because I left New Zealand uh, many, many, many moons ago, is that you 
you pull this you pull the treasure out from uh, Santa's sack, let's say, and after you have um, opened your prize, you're allowed to do one trade. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Which is quite interesting. I think we because if you're really yet, if yeah. you're really happy with that gift, you're like, oh, you know what? I really wanted those. I don't know coasters, for example. You're like, oh, they were really cool. And you thought, but one, yeah, can but you then, force the trade. No, well, you, you can invite the trade, oh, so you can you can invite the trade. So I'm really it's not. I'm, it's the, not like okay, I've got first trade this year, so I'm just going to grab that. No, That's you can mine. go, Danny. I'm quite happy with that West Ham polo you've got on there. I like that very much. Would you be willing to train, uh, or trade rather for these, uh, you know, all black socks? I keep the shirt. I you keep the, the shirt, shirt in that case, yeah. But so you don't have to. But then someone else could might have something that might. Uh, Give you, give you, and yeah. I've I've only done Secret Santa twice. One was in school, and then the other was at uni. And um, I remember doing it. it was like eight of us in the in the uni uh, accommodation, and I was the only one out of the eight that didn't get his Secret Santa present. Because the way we did it was you just pull names out of a hat and you don't tell people who you've got, and then you get the presents and then you secretly put them under the tree when no one's looking. And then so if I get you you don't know i've got you you just take your nathan christmas present from under the tree everyone goes there gets that christmas present there was no anton christmas present it's heartbreaking oh, yeah so, so what do you do what would you do you with should, that i oh, should have taken i mean <laughs> what would i do is a good question because yeah. i remember once upon a time for my birthday uh matthew hopwood one of our teammates yeah. he turned up for my birthday it's my 21st i think he turned up and he didn't have a present for me so i took the middle part of his hair Shaved, oh, it shaved, off. It off. <laughs> shaved off the middle part of his head like a reverse. That's valid. That's well, that's, 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 that's a proper even Stevens, isn't it? <laughs> you didn't get me a present, I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I also had an odd one this year where I was lucky enough to spend the 24th, which is a celebration for many of the... I, I, I'm guessing you boys are celebrate on the 25th? Yeah. Yeah. But as we know, in, in Europe, uh, most Europeans celebrate on the 24th. So I went out to Hungary on the 21st or 22nd, celebrated the 24th into the late hours. But I um, had to get back for, or, or felt obliged to come back to uh, to my two children that were here. So I took a 3.30 car, hired a car, and, and drove an hour and 20 minutes to get to um, Budapest Airport to get a 6 o'clock flight to Shalawa. Mm-hmm. Which then I had a uh, fortunately had a little man to get uh, to have it to get my car ready to bring it back home to uh, to Luxembourg. So it was uh, a good seven hours travel before cr- Christmas started for me on the twenty fifth. So one hike, big a big old push, and then and then of course into the oven and and and, and start preparing some decent grub. What's, and, um, for what's the, Christmas the kids. dinner looking like in the, in your household? What do, what do Kiwis do for Christmas dinner? Well, you would, it's traditional. I say tra- not very traditional, you- very very English. I'd say. I mean, you yeah. have your you have your turkeys, you have your hams. I mean, I, yeah, we were a bigger family in New Zealand, so we did de- we like eggs and f- blankets. Yeah, oh, definitely for Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings, but then at so we would normally actually have a little bit of a champagne breakfast at at ten o'clock with a with a glass of bubbles, which yeah, would be the hair so. of the dog yeah. from the night before, um, and then but it, very different because it's a summer, it's a summer Christmas, oh, so yeah. you're normally eating out on the on the on the mm. terrace. Um, and then following that, it's normally a kip. To be honest with you, after that, yeah, so okay, by yeah. about twelve thirty-one, it's a kip. Um, and then you, the best kip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. But everyone you need it. 
everyone caps off at the same time as yeah. well, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. So it's not it's like always during that movie. That movie, just in armchairs and couches, just falling asleep. You even even in that weather, you'll never get one brother or one douche sister going. Do you fancy the bowling a few overs in backyard cricket? It just will not happen. Everyone caps <laughs> off at the same time, which is quite nice. And then yes, we have our Christmas meal uh, later in the afternoon, and then. Late, late, normally the barbecue fires up and that goes, and then you've got leftovers for, for Boxing Day, oh, of yeah. course. Boxing Day is a famous day in New Zealand because you've got a Boxing Day test. And if yeah. you're lucky, you've got one in Melbourne, in, in, in Melbourne or in Australia, and then you've probably got another one happening in, in the New Zealand shores as well. So it's a cracking day for sport. 27th, you might want get to the, get down to the local uh, Gigi's, have a bit on the, on the horses. It's always a good day out. So summertime, Christmas summertime, there's nothing wrong with that, I can tell you. Talking of sport. Shall we? Shall we talk sport? Shall we talk, <laughs> talk sport. <laughs> let's. What? Yeah, let's. What's in the? What's on the menu today? Yeah. Well, we're going to rip into uh, number one five eight because it's actually a hundred and fifty eight show. So we're going to give you some uh, interesting sporting uh, sporting context that involves the number one five eight. Of course, the sport and the history in the world today, and there is a decent amount of it considering that it's the third of January. There's a lot of sport taking place around the world. Obviously, there's the darts and there's the cricket as well. Now, for this particular show, we have got uh, Anton, Danny and myself are going to give you our, uh, well, our top five sporting memories. I'm wondering if we have a clash amongst them and obviously the top five worst sporting memories from 2023. And then we'll have a couple that, what are, what are some events to look forward to in 2024? We will get back into that straight after this break. Shaka's corner, zero! Goal given! Wow! A game of margins, a game of thrills! Olivier Giroud leaps from the Arsenal bench and scores again! Drama from day one! This is the lead! Well, that is right. Don't you love this time of the year? Footy, darts... Well, especially this time, just after the Christmas New Year period has finished, it's good. You like it? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, like get back, getting back on it. Get yeah, all that, as we just talked about, had all that tucker. There's nothing better than watching. Yeah, uh, they had, watching a, they had a, the big um, Monster Leinster game on, I think it was Boxing Day, and it was, okay, it was bad conditions, but the, the, the game was awful. Like it was for the real rugby purists, and even then you're pushing. It was like nine three at the end or nine six, something like that, right? And everyone was saying like, "Oh, boys might have had a few too many, um, a few too many Baileys on the 25th because yeah. some of them, some of them performances performances weren't yeah weren't the dog best. weather as well. I'm yeah. guessing it's going, it's ripping into it. What tonight's show is 158 um, on the. Uh, Staying on, on at one fifty eight on the twenty ninth of March two thousand and twenty three, Pakistan Shahid Afridi, he's the uh, the cricketer, of course. He holds the record for the longest six in history, which is you've obviously guessed it one hundred and fifty eight meters. Now that is massive. Now I think they actually retipped it at one uh, at one thirty five meters is what they measured it, but they're saying had that. The ball carried through; it would have gone through to a hundred and fifty-eight. That ball to hit far. That's a heavy. I mean, even with the with the pace. I mean, I haven't seen the the, the shot that that cracking shot myself, but that's a hell of a whack. You know, you get them at one. I've been watching the uh, the the BBL, the Big Bash League, which I yeah, um, I'm I'm very uh, well. I just like this competition out of all the all, all the. Um, to, uh, 2020 competitions, but you see one 105, 110, and they are massive. 
but a 158. That's huge. That's enormous, enormous, enormous. Now, in the very first match of the IPL, which is the Indian Premier League in 2008, Brendan McCallum, who was representing Calcutta Knights, he smashed 158 in 73 balls. That had it, it consisted of 10 fours and 13 sixes. Imagine you got more sixes than... Than, than fours. Now that that knock obviously um, that entertained the fans that were present in uh, Bengaluru on April the 18th, but it also kickstarted the the whole T20 league and that movement across the world, which is obviously now birth is the most popular cricket league in the history. Would be the IPL. Mm-hmm. My personal favourite is the BBL, but that's only because again it's on at this time of the yeah, of the year, yeah. and. As you'll certainly find out, I like the Australian cricket commentary as well, so it keeps me uh, keeps me warmed up. Staying on 158, the AFL, which is the um, the Australian Football League, um, to date 158 matches have been drawn, which is quite impressive. Now I'm not sure what year it started, but that also include the VFL, which stands for. Do you know, guys, the VFL? Victoria Football League. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. in Victoria, that is the number one. That is the number one sport. I know Danny beat you to that, mate. I looked, Was it uh, some impressive knowledge that is? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you watched? Um, have you watched the AFL before? Um, I think a friend of mine likes watching it, but I've never, not really. It looks good though. The shorts, the shorts are very short in yeah, AFL, short. Wow. and the Guernseys, as they call them, the, the the singlets, would otherwise known as the wife beaters, they are also very short and and, yeah, and tight as well. Very, very big. They, the the, the yeah, athletes nice. are tall as well. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, they're big, really big got a big jumpers, but they're all second rows basically, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're I, I think I've seen some AFL fight compilations, but that's about as close <laughs> as I've got to watching yeah. AFL. I think, like most sports, the good old the good old days. These days, there's less of it, uh, yeah. obviously, yeah. with professional sport. But um, staying on one five, a dart checkout. If you got a one five eight, I'm going to go Danny because you like your mass, you like your darts. You got a one five eight sitting on the board. What are you going to hit me with? We'll break it down. We'll go 60, 60, and 38. So yeah. what's that? That's double tops. Triple 20, triple 20, double 19. Double 19. You get your, you get your 158. Yeah, that's right. Now, they're actually, when we've seen it this week, and we're obviously going to be talking about it, we've seen it. You can get the biggest number as a 170. Yeah. And we've seen young Luke Littler get, um, knocking it. And Just you see the way he comes yeah. down to 170 as well. But there are bogey numbers to contend with. Now, whilst 170 is the highest checkout possible in darts, there's um, some scores which they say that the big fish can't be um, can't be caught in three darts. And those numbers are 169, 168, 166, 165, 163, 162, and 159. So they are the numbers from 170 down that you can't you can't, can't tri- you can't treble um, yeah you can't finish on on a treble staying on uh, darts and whilst we've got on it and I think in another well probably an hour and 15 minutes from now we have the uh, world dance champion and we've got something very very special we've got two let's say athletes can we call them can we call them athletes. I don't think we've got time to go into that. Today, to be no, that's no. a whole episode in itself. Yeah, right? exactly. So um, you've you've been you've been watching the 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 pathway, let's say, of this tournament of uh, Luke uh, the Nuke Littler. Yeah, I mean, I'd say before the tournament started, he's not someone many people outside of the world of like proper knowledge of darts would have heard about him. But I think he's one of the most famous darts players in the world right now. I mean. You look at RTL News, first thing you see on his face is uh, is his face on there. So, 
Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's impressive. Anything special that that what what you've seen last night, for example? I mean, we were talking about this just before we came on air. Just being sixteen, maybe he doesn't quite feel that pressure. And you look at him last night. Like we say, he's leaving himself that one seventy so often, and he's playing with the crowd, like waiting after two darts, turning around to see what the reaction is. Yeah. Should he go for that ball? Is he going to go for that ball? And he's loving it. I mean, he's having the time of his life right now. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, sport and the history in the world today. Um, you will lead the first couple there. Yeah, yeah so we know you love cricket. Obviously, you know, big cricket fan. Um, so we've got first that we had uh, Australian cricketer Ocon Donald Bradman's first Test century uh, took place at the MCG uh, in 1929. Uh, he follows up his first innings t- of 79 to score 112 in the third Test versus England. Arguably one of the greatest, I mean, cricketers he, of all time. And so, on this day, he got his first. Yeah. yeah, when he got first Test century, that is just absolutely remarkable. Staying on Donald Bragman in 1948, he um, also completed a dual Test century of 132 and 127th, which was his 26th Test 100, which was in the third Test um, in uh, in in Melbourne. What else have we got on there on this day? Um, we got we got two in 1981. Yeah. Got the American golfer Johnny Miller, he won the sport's first million US dollar tournament where he bet Seve Ballesteros of Spain in a playoff in the inaugural million dollar world challenge at uh, Sun City, none other than the beautiful land of South Africa. What else have we got there? Another cricket one? Yeah, we've got uh, Australian captain uh, Greg Chappell scores a masterly 204 versus India in his first test in Sydney. Uh, the home side wins by an innings uh, and four run. Um, not bad. 204. That's a, not that's bad a, debut, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad shift, it's, is it? But whilst that is an amazing feat, I'm gonna when we close off this, we're gonna come into another commentary, and you're gonna hear something that that Chapel was uh, was was an, involved with, which was an awful piece of uh, a piece of cricket back in the 80s. Uh, moving up ten years, 1991, Wayne Grzetsky, um, he became the fastest and youngest player in NHL history to score 700 goals. It's uh, eight hundred. Um, he scored a total of eight hundred eighty-six games at the age of twenty-nine years in LA Kings' six-three uh, win over the uh, New York Islanders at the Nassau Veteran Memorial Coliseum. Um, and then, in most t- recently, yeah, we've yeah. got uh, twenty twenty-three. We've got Cristiano Ronaldo uh, joined Saudi Arabian club Al Nassar uh, for the biggest salary ever in football, uh, leaving Manchester United. Um, uh, no comment. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, and he gave them a he, he gave them a verbal spray to to leave yeah, as well, yeah, didn't he? Didn't he? With uh, Piers who was Morgan? Piers Morgan. Yeah. It was a right old beauty. He, he yeah. certainly let them know what you think. Uh, well, he seems to be enjoying his football out there, though. To be fair to him, so um, if you had uh, the world's biggest salary, I'm sure you would. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he, I think he end, did he end the year on most goals. Uh, any football player? Have you seen some of the goals though? I mean, well, that's the thing. Yeah, you much. cannot. Yeah, exactly. But I mean. You know what? No, but what, with no defenders around, Sunday him. league, uh, yeah, Christmas oh, yeah. time after the boys on the Bailey's would do better. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm definitely a, a Messi over a Ronaldo fan, but I mean Messi's playing in you know Miami, so it's a bit better, I'd say. It's it's better, but you know he's um he, yeah, Ronaldo's always been just a complete ruthless goal scorer though. Yeah. Um, 
but um, Harry Kane's up there as well now, though. So go on, England. <laughs> now, Danny, we've got a few on the World Dart Championships. We do, like you mentioned, third uh, of January. So quite often that is when the finals landing. So 2010, we had Phil Taylor. He successfully defends his PDC World Darts uh, title with a 7-3 victory over Simon uh, Whitlock of Australia in the final in London. That was Taylor's 13th PDC and 15th overall World Championship. Simon Whitlock, he's the, he has the big, the big goatee, doesn't he? That's and the, he, the wizard, no? Yeah, the wizard, yeah, exactly. Wizard. He, stands, he stands flush. Only in dark. Yeah, he stands, he stands flush. <laughs> he looks like a wizard to and be he, fair. And he, and he throws straight on. Really? Very unusual well, I technique. I saw a video of him today where he threw 150 by going bull, bull, bull. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't often see that. He Phil Witch was a, was, a, was a friend he of mine. That that, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, liked, yeah, he liked the bull, bull, bull. So then the year afterwards, Adrian Lewis of England wins his first PDC World Darts Championship with a 7-5 win over the Scotsman Gary Anderson. Yeah. Five years later, uh, Gary Anderson was back and he retained his PDC World Darts Championship, beating Adrian Lewis of England 7-5. I wonder if that's like a, a there's a little bit of sweet revenge if you've lost on if you know if you've lost a Welsh Championship to someone and then you beat them five years later. I wonder if that's a little bit of I mean you don't forget those you things, do that. you? You take that, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It's a bit sweeter, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. So in 2021, Welshman uh, Gerwin Price wins his first PDC World Darts Championship and he went on to beat Gary Anderson, who we've mentioned quite a bit here. He beat him 7-3. Reckon that would be his only World Championship he wins, Price? Well, he certainly gets a good question. He certainly gets a lot of booze when he's up there at uh, Ali Pally, like doesn't, doesn't he? He's, he's, doesn't like it. Yeah, he doesn't like it, but I think he's done something to wind up the crowd there, right? And so the crowd... He's complained about it. Last year he played with the uh, earmuffs, the sound blockers as That's well. That's right, he like, did too. A few of those things, so... He's mentioned a few things in the crowd at Ali Pali. They just love the banter, so they're just giving it. Yeah. And uh, he's asked, actually, this year, he's talking about the fact it should be moved around the UK. It shouldn't just be at Ali Pali every single year. He, he, he voiced his opinion on that. He did. He came up with that idea. So I wonder why he's... he's I think he's got a vested interest in that. And then finally, um, this year, actually, well, last year... Well, 2023, yeah. Exactly. A year ago, we saw arguably one of the best darts finals of all time between Michael Smith and the Dutchman Michael van Gerwen. It was a 7-4, but most uh, memorable, I guess, for that uh, unbelievable leg where they were both on for nine darters until... Uh, Van Gerwen missed on the ninth dart. The double 12, was yeah, it? It was on the ninth dart, double 12. And then uh, you had, yeah, Michael Smith went and did it. Yeah, I told you that I was going to play a little bit of cricket because i got something special for you, but instead I think it's worth this moment. Wow, 
Wow, isn't it? But look, I've got Goosebumps. Yeah, I've got Goosebumps. That's iconic. All that's three iconic. of us in the studio now have all got Goosebumps because we know and also in another hour we're going to be yeah. watching the final between another two fabulous, um, fabulous darts, uh, darts players. But that was arguably, for me, we're going to come, we're, we're going to come into it, aren't we? We're going to talk about, um, go rip straight into it, guys, yeah. um, and that is the top uh, five sports uh, moments of the year. Anton, I'm going to leave it over to you, mate, to to rattle off uh, your ones, and Danny and I will question you a, a, <laughs> along the way. But uh, let us have it. What is your uh, What are your top five um So um, I've done a bit of a mix of, of, obviously, stuff I've watched and also um, stuff that I've actually done myself in sport, would you believe it or not? Um, so I think the, the first one... Um, for me, which I really enjoyed this year, was watching um, Portugal's performance of the World Cup, uh, the Rugby World Cup. Just unbelievable. Like, no one gave them a chance. There was other, arguably bigger teams that went there that underperformed. And you always love to see an underdog um, at the World Cup. I think it was Uruguay at the last one who did unbelievable. Japan, um, really well. Um but Portugal, I mean, uh, I think they drew against Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, and then beat Fiji, Fiji yeah. which is yeah, that huge. was that was pretty special, I mean, wasn't it? Right, that, yeah. that was and uh, that was the t- almost to cap off yeah. what was said. There was a few underdog yeah. teams. Right? It wasn't only P- Portugal yeah, that played exactly. well in the Rugby World yeah. Cup, but if we look at that team yeah. in particular, and then we had our we had our good friend came in at coming a few Man, weeks. Yeah, in, Manuel, and, Manuel and that the video in. as well. That's probably the, the where, moment where he was off. crying, wasn't it? Was it? We so were crying. Good. But in that particular match, I mean, to beat Fiji, that was the icing icing on the cake well, they of, just loved it as well didn't they They just, all yeah. the boys just seemed to oh, love the, that they're time fa- they're, yeah. fa- they're Portuguese fans as well yeah. like, I mean you know it's the cliche that they're a huge football nation but the way their, their their country got behind them for the Rugby World Cup was just it was so good and their performances showed it I mean you even have the moments after where I think Ronaldo went yeah. and had a chat with the Portuguese uh, swap shirts didn't they swap shirts honestly everything about it was just it was so good for me nice one that's um, absolutely understandable I, yeah I, honestly I didn't we obviously the Rugby World Cup came into in, into my mind for my top five, but that one there wasn't one that came yeah. into my top five. But it's yeah. thoroughly it's thoroughly deserved. Good, yeah. yeah. That's a great, great, great first upper cut, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Go on. What else we got? We have um, the uh, so off the back of the Man City doing the treble. For me, one of the best things was Jack Grealish's four five day bender afterwards just going every the whole the whole of the world just following this man on so on on social media and the news where what's jack Grealish up to now where is he what is he wearing what has he done it's just brilliant and i just love that you're you're playing the biggest most expensive sport in the world you're probably up there with top five most expensive player in the world and you just you've won the treble who cares just go out have a laugh that was pretty special was so was pretty he was in his kit four days later yeah, yeah he's still, 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 still in his so kit good. yeah still yeah. his boots did Scott try and do that because when Scott, Scott had his Scott last game that. for Luxembourg he stayed in his kit yeah. all the other thing was down on the ground wasn't he was in Gotham the club I smelled him just after he came off and he didn't smell good No, he would have been a lonely man in Gotham I imagine South Africans did that as well when they won. Mm. Um, Damien Willemso was in his kit for uh, five days or something like that. Yeah, they gave it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end, Um, but yeah, no, that was that was even as a Man U fan. I mean. Uh, and, and then being a Man City player, I thought it was just brilliant. I, you can't not love that. Okay, so, so you got Portugal in there. You've got Grealish yeah. in there. What else have um, we got? I thought I'd chuck one of, one of mine in the uh, the club I play for, well played for in 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 Wales, Swansea Uplands. Uh, we we gained promotion 
um, from the league we were in, which was... Is that because uh, you weren't playing for them this year? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, no, but... What are um, they called? The Swansea what? Swansea Uplands. Uplands. That's the, the area. What's Uplands? Is that like a... It's not wetland. What's an Uplands? Is it Highlands? Uplands are high. That's Highlands. I think it's just... It's so you're area. not down from the valleys? No, no. No, no, no. It's the nice last thing. That we're in a league there, and I think, from what I can gather, <laughs> the uh, Swansea Uplands boys are supposedly the posh ones. It's ah, okay. Well, they'll be higher on the mountain looking down. Some of the places we go and some of the things you'll see, some of the changing rooms, it's unbelievable. I'd never thought I'd see anything like in my life. It's so good. Like, we're talking going down on a Saturday to a town that has a church, a rugby pitch, and a clubhouse, and that's it. There's about 30 people. Half of them are playing the game, the other half are watching the game, and that's it. It's so good. You get a 90 year old granny on the side hurling abuse at you and it's just it's it's a different different experience in the bathtub and those and those because in the uk they like having a bathtub and a big communal bath yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rugby boys love a communal bath yeah, don't they? Heard, they, yeah. they don't have much running water in a lot of the places um where i was changing but no it was oh, it's um winning well getting promoted was great because they're they're a good um good bunch of boys uh, on the pitch and they should have arguably gone up um, a season or two earlier so to just get it done go up and now they're, they're flying in the league above now as well so um, it just, just goes so to So they show. went up in 2023 but then they started the season in September, October yeah, yeah. and they're now yeah. up in the upper division yeah. let's yeah, say yeah. And, and they're doing alright? Yeah, 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 they're doing really well. I mean they've got they've, they've got some really, really good players playing for them. Um, so uh, Are they all university players? No, no, so they're, pretty much all of them are local boys. Local. Like I say, the you know the, the son will be playing, the dad will be coaching, the, the mum will be oh, the manager, the, the, the granddad will be working behind the bar. You know, it's everyone's there. There, so something lacking about Luxembourg sport, would you say? If we look at football, let, let's say something that's lacking. There's not too many communes that have the boys from the commune. You know, the firemen, Uncle Pete, the the the, the boy back that did. Back in the day when I was playing, it used to be the case, and it used to be all the local lads playing. Um, I'm not sure how it is now. No. Nice, I think honest. actually Sambila, the, the the village that we're talking about, I think um, they're actually. Quite. They clean it up, but they are getting. They're starting to get a few of the guys back, aren't they? Yeah, I, that's I, the plan, I, yeah. I, I believe. So your top three: Portugal, Grealish, and the Swansea Uplands. What have you got? In number four. I had the um, the La Rochelle Leinster Champions Cup final, twenty twenty three. Football fans, basically Champions League final. La Rochelle actually only came up. I want to say I don't know five or six years ago up into the the top French league they won it 2022 against Leinster so there was a rematch this time it was at the Aviva so the Irish National Stadium sort of half-half yeah. Leinster's home well, ground depending yeah on that's you, right right so Leinster that, pff, they're mostly the Irish national team yeah. they're dominated all season La Rochelle don't get me wrong unbelievable side as well mm-hmm. head coach Ronan O'Gara Monster legend, yeah, so that's right. Huge, so a rival huge of beef there. Beat them last year as well to deny them. So it was like, everything. The scene was set. It was unbelievable, and everyone was expecting to be super close game, one point game. First forty seconds, Dan Sheehan goes try in the corner. Six minutes in, another try to Leinster. Eleven minutes in, another try to Leinster. And everyone's thinking, what is going on? Um, La Rochelle get a yellow card. Twenty minutes, we're thinking seventeen nil down at home for Leinster against arguably the best t- club team in, in, yeah. in, in the Northern Hemisphere, if not the world, depending on who yeah. you ask, right? Mm-hmm. We're thinking, oh, people turning off their TVs, it's not happening, right? La Rochelle just haven't showed up. 
the game continues on and Larishel end up pulling it back to win, I think, 27-26, stealing it um, about 72 minutes in, something like that. Unbelievable game if you're not a Leinster or Irish fan. But yeah, it was absolute scenes. And then for, for La Rochelle as well, because obviously they, they take the trophy home um, back to France and the scenes, the, 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 the tour bus through the city, thousands of fans come out. It's, rugby down there is is like religion for the, the, the French people there. They've got some unbelievable fans and it was unbelievable spectacle back to back for the, the context of the game going down 17 points away from home it was unbelievable yeah when your back's against the wall we love those uh, oh yeah, yeah the, was... love those co- comebacks no different to the dart and we'll keep reverting to the darts because I know that it's on in an hour but um, but the darts where um, was it Williams who was down not Williams um, it was, uh, he's down 4 now. No, Rob Cross, Rob Cross. Cross. Yeah. 4-0 came Down, back to win it 5-4. 5-4, yeah, yeah, quite remarkable. We love those moments in sport where you just see uh, the comebacks of all comebacks. So following that, your fifth then and final yeah, sporting so, moment um, of 2023. Last one was, uh, so it was uh, England versus France uh, women's Grand Slam game in Twickenham and they broke the record for number of spectators to come watch a, a standalone women's rugby game. They got, I think, over 50... Thousand? How many they got? Fifty-eight thousand 50. spectators to come. So watch. that would have trumped the World Cup, which was yeah, the so year before twenty twenty-two. Yeah. That was, was forty-two thousand at Eden Park. Eden Park, forty-two thousand Eden Park, yeah. and fifty-five thousand. That's a, fa- 50, a fabulous. Fifty-eight thousand at Twickenham um, for a standalone game because what they do uh, a lot of the time is they'll play the women's kick off at like two or, or three o'clock, and then they have the men's kick off the same teams, but obviously the men's uh, uh, later in the evening. Um, to promote the women's game, get all people down there earlier to watch it. But that was just standalone England versus France Grand Slam game. Fifty-eight thousand people, Twickenham, unbelievable. Yeah, that's a that's, a, that's a, a, a fabulous moment indeed, and we know. Women's rugby is going from strength to strength, particularly leading from the front would be England. I know they won a, a like a, a four-team tournament, Canada, New Zealand, uh, France, and England yeah. played a tournament recently, didn't they? And and they cleaned up basically. So. Yeah. We know that the rugby is on the on the move, but not only in England and also in France as well. We're seeing, yeah. I think, a lot of a lot of TV coverage, and you're getting really you're getting quite some quality rugby being played in there. What about you, Danny? What are your top five best sporting moments from 2023? Um, so we got uh, one about myself just to start off. Uh, going to Malta. Um, oh, that's right. So that was the um, small, na- um, the small, small nations, nations in yeah. uh, when was that? July, June, July, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that was uh, a good, a good event to go to. I'd never been to it before, so I'd been to a lot of events playing for squash for Luxembourg. So it was the first time I've been to an event where you had all the other sports together as well. So yeah. it was. Uh, it was good feels. I thought you that. did you, you. So you didn't go to Liechtenstein. No, I was doing my back at the exact same time that the tournament was on. Okay. So I was doing my final school exams on that year. So I, I didn't realise that it was your first one. And what were your highlights from that? You know, obviously being around all the other athletes. Was there a particular sport you you enjoyed? Was there an athlete you outside of squash you got on with? We were unlucky in terms of being able to watch any other sports where we were with the squash and we were quite isolated. Tennis, tennis is next tennis door. Tennis was right next door, so that was the only one we could watch. Uh, so watched a lot of tennis while we were there as well. Got to know the tennis people as well, so they were good fun. Um, but it was a big bit of a shame that we couldn't really go in between the sports uh, to watch stuff. And also squash was the only sport which was on every single day. So no. there, oh, every so other no, sport no. had like a day on, yeah. a day off, or the rugby boys, I think they only had two days. They had Wednesday and then the Friday or Saturday. Yeah. 
And yeah, we had the first day we were the only sport on uh, in the whole competition. And then every single day there was squash on because we went through individuals, uh, teams and then doubles as well. So it was... Uh, what well, doubles is an interesting one, isn't it? Because... I know they have it for the Commonwealth Games, and it, yeah. you know you, you can play doubles when it's social. But from a spectator point of view, is it not just a, a bit like playing? It's it's wild and mayhem and good fun. Like it is, it is, but it's good fun. Four people on a court, yeah. Like, but to watch it as a spectacle for squash players, it's good. I think, for example, for us, we had uh, for Malta, for example, you have a couple of very good players, uh, doubles players, Bradley Hindle, for example. Yeah, who's an Australian originally, who plays for Malta. He's an unbelievable good doubles player, cool. even at brilliant I think hands. He's yeah. in his forties now, but unbelievable doubles player. And uh, so, how did he part with? He'd, he'd partner up with the Maltese Mountain. So no, no, he he partnered up with one of the Sultana kids. Okay, who's also out in Australia yeah, as well, and he's three got a good connection. Out, uh, they yeah. get a med- Did they get a medal? Um, Malta cleaned up. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. I mean, that was why they had doubles in it. Yeah, it exactly. was in Malta. It was a good way to get some medals mm. on the board for them. Yeah. And so, so you didn't, unfortunately, didn't get to watch any other sports? No other sports. A... No other sports at all. So just, yeah, watch the tennis, watch some doubles. Um, but that's about it. I, think was, I mean, we know that the rugby boys, they yeah, got a gold they, medal, did very well. and It was, yeah. on, it was on the list. Um, for yeah, the, on, yeah, it was, on, the, it was the, in the contention there. Contention, no, didn't quite yeah. make the top five, but also yeah. uh, basketball. Ken Dieterich and the, yeah. and the national basketball yeah. team did exceptionally well yeah. during that. Did Luxembourg, I feel like in general, did, did quite well um, like considering, yeah, I think they did considerably. They did quite well. Yeah, uh, there's always a concern with Malta as well. I'm not afraid to say it. You know, they're uh, they they can be cheating buggers. They 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 can pull <laughs> out the they can pull out the checkbook and they can get some random uh, athletes that you don't know. Yeah. All of a sudden, that come it's through the sport. back door, and it's not only in one sport. They do it across a number of sports, and it's not only the first time they've done it. They've been doing it. I remember back in 2000 and, um, 2003. See, so it was Gil Muller, Mandy Manella. They were playing in the in, in the tennis across the way from where we were. At the squash and they were a pack of cheating buggers then we had uh, david miller a, a, an athlete a cyclist who raced in the tour de france for um for for great britain lo and behold he's on a bike for malta <laughs> not the first time it won't be the last time malta's malta's involved with it yeah they had a good draw uh somehow in the individuals and the squash as well yeah of course somehow somehow somehow, somehow. somehow. so number one danny is small nations what's yeah. your number two number two we're going to darts and right now luke littler i mm. think the story yeah. is unbelievable yeah. like for a 16 year old i think he must be one of the most famous 16 year olds in the world right now and I mean yes he's 16 he does look like a 42 year old he looks mature doesn't not, he not a healthy 42 year old either but he's uh, what a story yeah. unbelievable yeah. story Oh, incredible! Just fun to watch, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. A, a man, I, I can't remember the odds. They have been um, saying what odds he was paying. I can't remember five hundred to one to win. I mean, who who, who was this kid? Of course, good, he good had, money. Though. He, let, let's say he has been the world junior champion, hasn't he? And he and he's come, walked come, it, walked it, he's, and he's come through the and, and he's played a couple of tournaments. But to to all of a sudden enter the the scene at the world championships and he's, he's playing without those demons of past experiences. Yeah. You know, like when you see some really just play he's just playing darts like yeah. he doesn't have those memories of uh, matches his last moments he's been there and maybe not quite done it these are all new this first time he's there he's yeah. 16 jeez I, I can't wait because it's going to be one hell of a cracking final in, a, in, a, in an hour's time against uh, um, Humphreys isn't yeah, it um, Luke Humphreys yeah yeah Two Lukes, Two yeah. Lukes. L- lucky Luke in 2024 yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't they, were they both English as well uh, yes. Yeah, they're both things. Here's an interesting fact about the the darts: twenty five percent of the ticket sales sold to the country of Germany. Oh, 
Well, yeah, there's the, a lot. You saw a few of them in the. Uh, they were playing this year as well, like the Dutch as well. They the, the Dutch, the Dutch, yeah. the Belgium, the Belgium. Yeah. It's just an unfor- unfortunate with the French haven't quite cottoned on to the flechette. French was uh, there was one in the World Championships this yeah. year. So hopefully it's just a, a matter of time. We got some other ones. First that win, I think, is it because of a French Frenchman? win in the World Championship? Someone told me that today. Yeah. Is it because the Germans just like having a drink? Well, that's the thing. We were looking about this yeah, the other day. Exactly. Why are Dutch I mean, beer? I can't blame them. Like, yeah. That's the thing. It's, it is a beer. It's a pub sport. Yeah, it's, a sport. It? Yeah. it's a pub sport and Germans love pubs. Yeah. yeah, we actually talked about the snooker as well, didn't we? Yeah. And then you think, well, actually, with a snooker, the to get into the... the yeah, exactly. You've got to get into certain positions to get the balance to play certain shots, yeah. right? In some cases, you're on one leg and... Yeah. and you can't afford you, to. You can't afford to put your belly on the, on the, the table, <laughs> on the table can, yeah. you? can you? So you've got the small nation you've got the darts with Luke Littler what else have we got in there uh, going back to squash uh, squash getting into the Olympics uh, oh massive big, well big for, for us you're a bit outnumbered there right? <laughs> <laughs> we've we got two squashies you've got two squashies yeah. to, uh, to one uh, rugby head but yeah absolutely one of the biggest um Big moments oh, for biggest the sport. and many people, the many listeners might be might be saying, "Why?" Well, I, I thought squash was already in the Olympics, but no, it hasn't been. It's been pushing for a long a long time. And I, mean, I think it's fair though. Like, I mean, as someone who's not a, a squash player, squash fan, I think yeah, squash definitely. I can see it be having a uh, place in the Olympics. Makes sense to me anyway. I'm I, like you say, I'm surprised it's not been. Uh, in the Olympics for for longer is it never ever never ever never, so never ever I think it's, it's a good the only racket sport which isn't really so, yeah yeah that's outside of obviously paddle and, and yeah, paddle and pickleball which... racket sports squash well yeah, <laughs> well, yeah but it has, <laughs> it, it has been but a but a very global sport yeah. um, you know Champions dominated by d- dominated by the Africans at the moment when I say that by, I mean talk about the Egypt yeah. in particular North Africans but uh, South Africa also there's um, they've got a strong um, always playing in the World Championships and 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 they're never easy an easy pushover you go as far as New Zealand Australasia um, Malaysia it's very good Hong Kong uh, squash is big it's now getting quite big in South Korea uh, Japan as well South America South America it's massive you've got Diego um, Elias um, then you've got North America you've got the Canadians Jonathan Jonathan Power um, North America again if you look just across that um, that east coast world champions from every continent yeah that's, that, that, that's world exactly champions right from every continent so there's not many sports I think where you can boast that so yeah, we're always going to be biased but it's certainly for uh, in, in, in this uh, in the studio right now it's a it's a big it's a big tick that's yeah well, well yeah good uh, I don't know why I overlooked that in my, in my top <laughs> but yeah well played you got three three bang on small nations look look the squash and Olympics in your number four uh, so we're going back to darts and it's the clip we played uh, just before so that MVG Smith uh, double nine data clip which was just unbelievable yeah I think we've got to finish the show on that I mean <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the, the greatest sporting moments I mean the other one that comes to my mind is Tiger Woods's Putt, yeah. um, which is with, with particularly the way it was done with the Nike ball going yeah, and yeah, going and rolling in yeah but when you've got you, you know, you've got uh, let's say eight, almost yeah, eighteen perfect darts, more or less, apart from the double nineteen yeah. that uh, MVG missed, and and then he goes on to win the world championships. It's as well. also the commentators. Like the commentator in that moment is so important to immortalise that that moment even more so because I saw that clip on Instagram today, for example, and straight away I knew exactly where I was at when I was watching that clip, and yeah, unbelievable stuff. Yeah, really gives me. Um, because I always like whenever I hear stuff about this in other sports, I always try and relate it back to to what I know from rugby. It gives me the um, Japan, South Africa World Cup vibes going into the corner and everyone going absolutely mental. Mm. Commentators, coaches, just like once in a lifetime kind of kind of stuff. 
Yeah, yeah really good. And number and hit number five, Danny. Uh, it's got to be the Mighty Hammers winning uh, the Conference League. Wow, I mean that was a, a enormous. I mean, <laughs> West, a massive moment. West Ham are massive. Uh, is Nathan's <laughs> list just that five times in a row? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> very close, and I can, <laughs> very hard. Our hearts are very close, Danny. No, very, very, very much. Was yeah. a big yeah. We even bought in. We're fortunate enough uh, to have three hammers that had been on the road that had passed through Luxembourg, gone to the game, and they came back. We even did a special edition uh, of the show for them because it'd been some time. It'd been like. Uh, uh, was it 43 years since West Ham had last won a trophy? Trophy, a trophy since the FA Cup that we was won. Was it 82 uh, or 82? Was, was it Brooking, Brooking's headers uh, scored against Arsenal, was it? Yeah. I think? Um, but I think last European was something in the 60s or something like yeah. that with Bobby Moore, 65. Yeah, now Jack, Jack Grealish was partying but I can mm-hmm. assure you oh, that those boys, boys on the those boys yeah. on the East End they were certainly partying as well this is coming back that the just the scenes when yeah. they brought the trophy around London it was unbelievable to see yeah it was so if I um, just quickly start I know we're going to we're probably not going to get into the five uh, worst sporting moments of the year but if I was to give you two there Danny what's your what's your top two worst sporting moments of 2023 um Probably going back to Malta, getting injured within like a game and a half. That was uh, a tough one. Mm. So again, on that more personal side, it was a tough one to pull my hamstring so soon in. Like I say, got back in the sport to go to Malta was a big motivating factor. And then to get injured so soon in the tournament with the doubles to look forward to and stuff like that, it was... uh, yeah, bit of a killer. Like yeah. it hurt, I gotta say. So that with, with a little bit of that motivation bear into this year in terms of continuing to do what you do because you had a, you, to be to be uh, honest with you, you had a stellar stellar year last year. You put in, yeah. you, let's face it, you put in you put in a lot a lot more work than what you've arguably done before. Yeah, um, for a very 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 long time, and you're 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 raised up. You're now pushing the top players in the country. We certainly Mark Radley and Amir Samimi. You're giving them a d- decent old run. And to be honest with you, you're not that far or not far, far off, off them. Off, the yeah. other the other day, you got you, you got a you got a set and almost nick, I wouldn't say nicked, but deserved another set off um, Amir. If I'm honest with you, so you just out up there. But does that that kind of lull from that moment of 2023? Does that give you the motivation to kick on a little bit again? This year? I think just the year 2023 for my squash in general has given me that kick, not even just Malta. I'd spent quite a long time away from the sport and last year really gave me that love for the sport again. Uh, I think I needed to have that time away to be playing the squash that I am right now again. Uh, so yeah, I'm ready for this year. Yeah, Ready for a few big ones. Yeah. And you're, uh, I'm only going to give you two. What's your second... Uh What's your second Ooh, one? Let's, let's stay on on squash then. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Mustafa Asal, uh, who was the world number one in squash and uh, has been a bit of a naughty boy. So youngest world number one since uh, the Khans, I think. And yeah. uh, he got himself not one but two bans last year for unsportsmanlike and just straight out dangerous behaviour on the squash court. So causing one player's eardrum to burst by hitting a squash ball against the head. Yeah. Uh, Lucas M. That's Lucas uh, M, a player really that you knew from junior, junior days, isn't it? From junior days, yeah. And then there's uh, a few other issues where he's just blocking and moving in ways which you just don't on a squash court. So, yeah, it's a bad look for squash the year it gets into the Olympics, well, having a world number one ban for bad behaviour. Exactly. Any, any, and... Uh, 
He's a bloody good player. Okay. He can wallop what he can do mm. with the ball, and he deserves to be. For me, he deserves to hold that number one spot because I don't think there's there's any other player that can match him on his day. That's without was you could argue that with all sports with all athletes, but he blows um, people away. But he blows people away with his power and his size. Unfortunately, his his movement and his his court etiquette is below par and it needs work. Yes, because yeah. squash is an interesting sport because you're sharing ex- the same yeah. space. So you but you have to defend and attack in that in that same area. Yeah. And and therefore there has to be a certain amount of etiquette yeah. and, and space That's, given for, and respect for your opponent to go and play the ball. Now if you're hitting a ball and jumping in front of them or pl- or, or hitting a ball that put that puts that player in an element of danger, it's as we say it's just not cricket. Yeah. And um, um, he's certainly done that. He's not a bad. He's not a bad human bo- uh, no, human being at all. He's not. He's just got this to, and, and it's a massive, massive burden that's sitting on the shoulders. It's sitting on the minds like of the Luis opponents. Suarez, a sort of aspect that he just wants to win so much that something's just cracking in his head, and he's losing that sort of focus and yeah, normal behaviour. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What about if I roll over the um, the the worst two for you in sporting moments twenty twenty three. So stands out for me. It's got to be uh, England losing by one point in the the Rugby World Cup to South Africa. Yeah, um, that was for but me. At the, the same time, is, they did pretty well. Well, that's the thing. Like it's 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 mixed emotions because going into the World Cup, England did so poorly um, for a variety of reasons. I will get into it, but in the warm up, it was it wasn't great. Um, the Argentina game was a bit of an anomaly because we went down a man and then just reverted to let's just take the three at any opportunity and Argentina completely crumbled I've never I haven't seen a team crumble like that in a, in a very long time um and then for the the rest of the pool they were just not very good to be honest um and then they get to a, a quarter final against uh, arguably a, the, the weakest team in in the quarterfinals I think Fiji um and it wasn't convincing either. So they get to that semi-final against South Africa, and you're thinking this could get this could get really ugly. Um, and England, I mean, you say what you want about England and their play style and South Africa and whatever, but they outplayed South Africa f- easily for 50 minutes. Yeah, now you can well, say what you want way. about Borthwick, and well, they did and, that against Argentina in the first game. Uh, well, 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 you, you can they? say what you want about Borthwick, you can say what you want about Farrell and, and all the England players and, and how they play, but. I'm sorry, the that play style was probably not the right one for the other games, but against South Africa, it worked a treat. And it was so obvious, it was almost um, mind-boggling to me that South Africa and, and the coaching staff, who have probably the best coaching staff in the world, didn't, like, it, it looked like they hadn't planned for this this fairly basic tactic, you know, put it wow. up and put it up in the air, compete and 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 let's play the you know territory and 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 play that way. And it's tough to for, deal with, with that weather as well. Yeah, it's tough, tough to deal with the but, but the thing is, you know, England just bossed it right now. It was working great, and even the decision there was a lot of eyebrows raised when they start Joe Marler and Dan Cole over Ellis Genge and, and Carl Sinclair. But you look what happens for the first 50 minutes. We hold the scrum, arguably maybe one or two. We even got a nudge on, which is unheard of against South Africa. As soon as they come off, penalty, 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 penalty. The scrum over and over again. And you can't win games if you're giving away that many yeah. penalties. Every every time, I mean, South Africa at that point, you know, they were even doing the, uh, every time you put a high ball up in the 22, take the mark, 
we'll have a scrum, please. Yeah, because it means we get sign of world champions. Then, but they, no, and that's the thing. You can, but, you, can, so you can do it. They, 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 they knew what they I was by one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was look. Don't get me wrong. If you said before the World Cup, England go on and get a bronze medal, I'll be like, yeah, you sure. take that. Yeah, take, yeah. yeah, I'll take that hundred percent. But um, I just still think we 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 could have gone ahead and and uh, England could have gone ahead and won that game. And I think it's a missed opportunity. Whether or not you win the final is a different story. It's a, it's but, a different match, but you know, it? yeah, it was it was disappointing. Um, for my second one, probably um, more on a, on a personal note, it was the um, so I picked up an injury way back in in um, in May. Or was that in Swansea? Mar- no, was that March, what, yeah, it was yeah. you were here? Was it? No, no, it was in in Swansea in, in March time, I think. In in just in training, um, and so I torn my meniscus, but I didn't really know for about. Um, five or six weeks I sort of did you know it was sort of one of those where you get a bit of a stinger so you um, try to continue on with training doesn't really happen so you stop you get home it's sore you leave it for a week try to go back to training after a week sore again so you're like okay maybe I'll leave it for a couple of weeks get some a little bit of physio come back after two or three weeks resting it still the same problem okay go see the doctor get an MRI um, but it, it all takes so long, and, and in the end, I still was dealing with the problem all the way up until um, spring of 2023. Uh, no, sorry, in, in autumn 2023, um, when we had the game in Bosnia. So I played that game off the bench, injured, heavily strapped up, didn't play very well. Um, and then we had another game a couple few weeks later against Austria at home, which I really wanted to play. Got in the the twenty five the, the small squad, um, and then um, eventually sort of uh, got dropped because they they didn't want to risk it with my knee. Yeah, I mean, whatnot. And understandable. Yeah, though, right? it was. Yeah, but it was it was disappointing. And uh, from from personal, I've yeah, I've been fairly lucky in my rugby career where I've been um, uh, usually when I've been fit and, and available, I've been lucky enough to get selected and, and stuff like that. So um, I think I said to my mum. Um, when I when I f- got dropped for the very first time, which was at uni for the the, the Freshers Varsity team, I called her straight away. It was like five weeks of training and all that, and I was in. I called her on the phone because I didn't know who to call. Until like, mom, I've been dropped for five Aww. weeks of no drinking, and she she was like, "Yeah, look, it's it's tough, and, and you know it's it's horrible, but you know you've well, well, you know this is the first time something bad has happened in your life, really, you know." Apart from you know a couple bits and bobs, you know. So I was thinking like, oh, when you put it that way, yeah. well, if you look it's at Danny, that Danny's had a big break from from the squad, yeah, exactly. And so, so there's re- and you and you do learn. It's not like your brain's yeah. not still connected to the sport. It's not still so for from from this side of the. So it's definitely the yeah, it's definitely a good another good learning experience. For you because sometimes even you don't really realise, but you take these sort of things for granted, getting picked or not getting picked or whatever, getting uh, these opportunities. So every once in a while, life, you know, gives you a, a, a wake-up call. Yeah, and then, and then what, you just got to, you got to adapt and crack on, haven't you? So yeah. that's the plan. Very much so. All right, well, you guys actually ticked off quite a few of my list on the top five sporting. Danny, the West Ham winning the Conference uh, Cup and being placed currently sixth at the start of the new year going into the PL. I think that even that 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 last one alone or something, yeah, that's yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the yeah, highest positions at this break. So that West Ham was on there for me. Um, it's exactly the same. The best 
leg of all time. MVG misses a double 12 for a nine data, and then Michael Smith pins a perfect leg himself. That certainly um, was in one. The other one that I put in there was actually Europe regaining the Ryder Cup in Rome. That was a big one. That was after um, suffering a humiliating defeat by a record 19-9 margin at uh, Whistling Straits. And then, yeah, then they, they basically gave a whitewash, didn't they? It was Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland. They all lived up to their to their star billing. That was in there. Um, my Probably my top sporting moment, or yeah, my definitely my top sporting moment was when the All Blacks held off the Irish. And that was, um, mm, yeah. I, I think, I don't think I've ever celebrated so hard. I was on my Todd actually, and <laughs> a, a late at night, in the, yeah. and I was on my Todd. I, was, I just celebrated so so hard. It's just because the Ireland have had our number for a, a little bit of a time. They've, they've certainly oh, caught. Oh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. personal. And it, it was, it was yeah. personal. I mean, we've had had a personal one before when they beat us in, in, in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it's different. But when this they, one when was they a different. Had a, and, and the way Ireland played again, it was strong. It was tough. Then in the, in the last seconds, they went you know to 13, seven phases of, of just relentless pressure. And we absorbed it in that mm. defence. And, and you knew that was coming. And finally, it was Sam Whitelock who who got the got you know got the steal, let's say, um, and that so that was probably the biggest joy of celebration for me in 2023 was that and I actually I felt that the world was actually supporting New Zealand yeah, on that change, case there was yeah, a lot of people yeah. that the tide had switched for a change, uh, yeah. uh, well I think well, New Zealand never the underdogs and they went into that game into the, into the tournament they went into the underdogs, underdogs. they kind of played so, it well but I yeah. think and if I put that aside another one that was very special came in um, came in December and it was Joseph Parker be, beating Deontay Wilder mm. and another again and, and another upset not many people mm. um, not many people expected that but he, he beat him he beat him okay. well he was a, he was aggressive whether it was Deontay Wilder on his on his best game I'm not so I'm not certainly not so sure but at the end of the day you both got in the ring at the same time you're both getting paid to fight and you're both out there to do your best and Parker put himself back on the map in, in heavyweight um, boxing and, and can live to fight another day whereas if he got beat a lot of people would have just swept him under the carpet I think so for me that was a that was a, 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 a special one alright guys that is has to be our, our, our wrap for today I darts think we've time. got to go it's darts time I think we've got like one, <laughs> 30 minutes until it all kicks off uh, thanks uh, so for listening to our very first show of uh, 2024 don't forget get at 6am in the morning you have uh, Sam Steen at 12 you have uh, the lunchbox with steps Melissa Dalton does the home stretch and there's one special mention that we'd like to do and that's a show that happens every Sunday morning and that is the hangover with Sarah Tapp it's definitely one of our favourites we're going to see us on uh, again or see us or listen to us uh, live again on Sunday at 7 Scott's back from his holidays boy he's had some holidays this year yeah. Anton Hey, what would I do without shoulders like you and and, and, and Danny coming to uh, coming to step in? But until uh, well, until Sunday, it's church. church.